0: everybody. My name is Remy. Welcome to the For The Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For The Love podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. So, Good news. We're kicking off a brand new series. It's called For the Love of Music. I'm pumped. This was your idea. Um, You know, we, we mind the community. What do you want to hear? And this one came up over and over and over. And I can't actually believe we didn't do it ourselves. um, Because I love music all types of music. Brandon and I are big time concert people. Um music has always mattered so much to me. I'm not a musician, obviously. Um but I've seen and listened to so much great music and I'm friends with musicians and um I, I can kind of sort of chart back over my life songs that were the defining moment of that season or that time of my life or that year um that Lent words to literally what I was going through, what my life meant at the time, what I was learning at the time, how I was feeling at the time. And so um, it's going to be so great to bring some musicians to you in the series and hear them talk about their careers and what it has meant to them to write and perform and sing the music that has mattered to so many of us for so, so very long. And so we are going to have some great conversations. Wait until you see the lineup. You're going to be you're going to love it um, with artists and musicians that have mattered to so many of us. And our first guest to kick off this series definitely has done her share of that. Um, if you were anywhere remotely near an evangelical church in the 80s and 90s, then you know her. Of course, you know her. Um, she has the voice of a buttery heavenly angel, and that's just a fact. Um, she, she should have been a Disney princess, but she was too busy selling out auditoriums and arenas as the queen of inspirational Christian music. I'm talking, of course, about Sandy Patty. Um, one of the best voices, not just in Chris, Christian music, but really ever. I don't know anybody who's got her range and her style. And if you haven't heard her ever, well, I don't even know what to say. Get thee to a YouTube version of let's just say her star spangled banner and you're going to freak out. In fact, that her rendition of that um, back in the eighties got her so much attention. She ended up on a, on the tonight show, talking with um, Johnny Carson himself, who was like in awe of her, like everybody else was of course. And so, um, but listen, Sandy wasn't just like a big deal in Christian circles. She has won five Grammys four billboard music awards. She has three platinum records five gold records and you guys 11 million units sold. So Sandy is the most awarded female vocalist in contemporary Christian music history with 40 gospel musical Dove Awards. Okay. She's done all right. is what I'm trying to say. She's going to make it, I think. Um, and she's, she's now branched out all over the place with her incredible, she's performed with symphonies across the country, New York pops, Boston Pops, Cincinnati, Dallas, Baltimore, Houston, Oklahoma City, Philharmonic, I mean, she's all over the place. Um, and she released her autobiography called The Voice last November. You probably heard me talk about it. Um, it's not her first book, but it is the first time that she opened up and really sincerely shared about some of the things that were going on in her life while she was Christianity's reigning songbird. Heartache, sadness, tragedy, rejection, it's all in there. Um, she tells it all. And so it, it's, it is such an honest beautifully written book. Um and we're gonna talk a little bit about that too. But um also if you don't know this about her, and you'll see. But she's funny, like really, really funny, which you know that is my value system. And so um when I first met Sandy and realized pretty quickly how um, sarcastic and hilarious she was, I like had found my soulmate. So um she and her husband currently live in Oklahoma City. They have eight, count them eight children who I am friends with. I adore every one of them. I mean, this is a really, really special family. Um, she also has three grandbabies. So yay. Yay for the next generation. You're going to love this conversation. You're going to love Sandy. Listen, she talks really frankly. And over the course of the next hour, she tells it how it is. And I just commend her for her, for her, truthfulness and her, her, the way that she is so genuine with us and in front of us and for us. Um, she is, she's the actual best. So without any further ado, I can't wait for you, um, to listen to my conversation with my friend and my mentor, Sandy Patty. I like can't be happier in the world (laughs) than to have my friend, Sandy Patty on this morning. Hi, good morning.
1: Hi, I am so excited to get to talk to you.
0: Same.
1: I, I feel like we see each other pass by on social media and go, hi, hey. but, um, I just love that we get to sit down and just have some time today.
0: Oh my gosh. You know how I feel about you. You know how I feel about your family. So just for everybody listening, um, and we'll get into all this, but you know, of course, I've known of Sandy Patty for my whole life. But um, we first met on—it was the final leg of the Women of Faith tour, right? Um, was was that? Does that feel like it was f- maybe five years ago? Maybe four. Yeah. Four?
1: Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four
0: or five. You know, ish. Totally. And I was so nervous. Oh Oh my gosh. I was so nervous to meet you. I was so excited. I kept telling myself, you can handle, you're grown. You can, (laughs) you can be a calm, grown person who acts normal and talks normal. I mean, I had to give myself a pep talk before I met you and like to my great, to my greatest delight. And we toured that, I was on most of that whole tour and you were on the whole thing. So we went through bunches of cities together that, that fall, but it, I just, I couldn't, I felt so hard. (laughs) I felt so Uh, hard uh, for you. uh, And it's, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. It's irreversible.
1: And we, you and I got to sit together, um, at the end of the row, I mean, and we, yep. we kept, we'd always look down the row of yes, like right. Patsy Claremont, uh, Lucy Swindoll, uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Richard, Mabel, like yeah. the row of fame, Thelma, Thelma Something. Wells. Yep. I mean, it was like Sheila Walsh I know. Like, and, and then me and Jim. <laughs> and up. we were uh, naughty. We cut <laughs> up the whole time. time. We kind of did.
0: I understand um. why they put us on the end. I do. That's <laughs> fair. But
1: it was it was amazing. Oh
0: my gosh, uh, it was for me best. too. I that I, I will I said this then and I meant it. That will always go down as one of the best experiences um, for a million reasons. Just to get to sit under that level oh. of leadership and and yes. and just I mean those are the women those that they are the one they're trailblazers, including you and. And and then that was really my first time that I had ever worked with a team like that. And I know that yeah. you'd experienced Women of Faith at that point for what a decade at least. Yeah, been about yeah. ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I've ex- now that I know what that is like um, to be with sisters yeah. and to serve together, I'll never go back. I mean, I oh. yeah, that that changed something for me. Um, mm-hmm. All the like loneliness of travel, it just evaporated. Uh-huh. It was so fun. right.
1: I I I called it my group therapy. You know, yeah. it was my group therapy every week and um I'd go home and I'd be such a better mom and a nicer wife and and they could tell when women of faith was, you know, like taking a couple weeks off because they'd <laughs> say to me. Um so when is women of faith starting up again?
0: <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm tickled. It's real. It's true. It was nourishing, but Anyway, I just, and we've been friends ever since, and I, your family who I just, they're so special. I mean, we're going to talk about your family in a minute, but. Um, I, I just, I love you so much and you've been such a good friend to me and a good mentor. Um, I'm, you obviously know this, but since, since we became friends a few years ago, we've just had, we've had some hard things in our life and, and in our ministry and you mentored me, you really did. And in the most specific and pointed ways that I needed and I'll just, I will be grateful for the rest of my life. So listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Then. <laughs> Listen, my, you know, almost all my listeners, of course, adore you. For the handful um, of listeners who are new to you, I've told them a little bit about you and your impact on s- millions of people's lives with your music, with your story. Um, but I wonder if you would just indulge me for a minute and, and go, go pretty far back. Um, would you just talk about how originally you even came into music? Did you always have this range of yours, even as a kid. And, and like, at what point did you think this music thing, this was your deal? This was, this was, this was where it was going.
1: You know, I, um, I've always loved music. My parents were very musical. Um, my dad was the minister of music, um, and my mom, the pianist. And so music was just ever present in our home. Um, I'm really glad I was born into that home because I was a very shy kid and words were hard for me. I would, I would panic when the teacher would ask everybody to read a paragraph, you know? And then, so, so then I would be the one counting ahead paragraphs to try to read the one I was supposed to read when my time came. And no, no context of the story I I just words were paralyzed me um I found music and music found me and I would hear a lyric and I would think oh that is how I feel so I'm gonna learn that song so I can tell somebody how I feel sometime I remember one of the very first ones that really um connected with me was the song I've got confidence from the sound of Music. Oh my gosh. Of course.
0: And she's,
1: you know, leaves the nunnery to go be a nanny and she's going, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then she gets to the gates and she's like, Oh, I think I can do this. And so the whole time she's singing, I've got confidence in sunshine. And I remember thinking, I wonder what that feels like to have confidence Mm. like that. Well, maybe if I sing that song, I'll know what that feels like. So a long story short, music became Mm. my voice because words were hard. And so music became a way that I would speak my heart and Mm. speak to the world.
0: I love it. At what point, how old were you when people started saying, wait a second, like this kid's got something here?
1: I sang a lot at church. I sang a lot at
0: um, high school. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, it wasn't until I did, I think, um, I did Maria in West side story.
0: Nice. My
1: senior year of high school.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, that was really the first time I thought, I wonder if I could do a career in music. Is it musical theater? Is it musical? I don't know. I always wanted to teach. So, um, I, I kind of went through that in high school and loved it, thought maybe musical theater. And then I, I just kind of backpedaled on that and thought, no, I really wanted to teach. Hmm. So I went to college, um, to teach, to get my, you know, teacher's certificate and, um, went to a little college in Indiana called Anderson university. Hmm. And my parents had gone there. My grandfather was the first seminary in the first seminary class. Wow. I know. So that was kind of fun to find all of that out. Mm -hmm. Um, But Bill and Gloria Gaither were alums Mm -hmm. of Anderson University. And they began to hear me sing around campus. And um, I taught piano lessons to kind of pay my way through school. And I had two of Bill and Gloria's kids take piano lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did a lot of studio work at Bill's studio and did some jingles things And did some um background vocals for records yep. and Bill called one day and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for a backup singer to travel with us. And um, would you at all be interested? You know, we do arenas. I mean, they were selling out these yeah. unbelievable arenas. And and so I said, Wow, let me pray about it. Yes.
0: You yeah, know, there, <laughs> totally, totally. Really uh, what year was this? I'm trying to remember. Right, when this was arcing upwards.
1: It was probably 1979. Okay. Yep. Around there. Yep. When you were a baby. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for five years, it was like, you know, it's kind of like we were talking with um, the Women of Faith years, how it was just a weekend-long masterclass for all of us. Because they let me sing a solo in their concert that just sort of began to open doors for me hmm. um, to do some solo stuff. And I thought, well, you know what? We'll just kind of play this out for the next couple of years and then go back yeah. to teach, teaching.
0: And then sure. here we
1: are 40 years later, <laughs>
0: it worked. <laughs> it stuck. That's um, I, I love I love that story because there's something powerful about people who are ahead of us in their, in their careers and their ministries and their work that have a real gift for spotting young, fresh, maybe untested talent and giving them a spot, like giving Mm -hmm. them a space. I, Mm -hmm. um, folks have done that for me and I I can't even imagine where I'd be without that sort of that belief in me. Like we think you can do it and we, we want to give you a little space to try it out. And, I mean, you just never know who's coming up behind you, um, right. who's destined. I mean, for really amazing things. One of my favorite stories about you is
1: that you came to Women of Faith as a group leader, right? One time, yeah. And, yeah. and would you have ever thought, when you were sitting there with your little group no. of women, you know, one day I'm going to be on that stage? I like. Would you have ever? thought that and yet you just kept doing the next right thing in your life and then you're cutting up with me on the end of the row you know honestly it
0: like it still blows my mind when (laughs) I when I think about it when I can see where I was sitting with my group in I can see in the arena where it's way up high watching you girls years 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 before I ever met any of you I mean before I even imagined yeah. And I just, when, in those stark terms, it's just, it's bananas. It yeah. is bananas. But to your <laughs> very salient point, it's always just the next thing. You know, there's, the end game is unknown even. Impos- not just impossible, it's un- it's impossible to even know. And so, it's so true. Just putting your feet in front of the other, just one day at a time, yeah. you never know. You just, it's it's so yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Um. I love, I love thinking about you in your early years, You've always done this, you've done this bit, and I've seen you do it, and it's it's uh-huh. very, very funny. Um, when you talked about, in your live shows, the artists that you wanted to be when you were growing up, like Karen Carpenter and Barbara Streisand, and then you do these imitations of them um, <laughs> singing Jesus Loves Me. It's fabulous. I'm going to find it. I'll track it down, you guys, while I'll put it on the transcript. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, you were a vocal performance major, which is, you know, much more formal. You know, it's a very formal sense of training. and And so it's interesting to kind of think about you in those early steps of your career, having on one hand, these, these sort of pop icons for lack of a better term. And Mm -hmm. then the other hand, this really formal, you know, vocal training, I'm curious how you dovetailed. the, how did you know what your thing was going to be? Like, how did you, how did you find your way through your own personal style, which is now absolutely yours? There's nobody else that ever touched it. There's nobody who could duplicate it. Um, it's, it's completely Sandy Patty. Um, but i you, you have so many different sources of input. Like, how'd you find it?
1: You know, that is really, that is a, an awesome question. And believe it or not, like no one ever really asks me that question. Hmm. Um, so I, my parents, uh, you don't have to backtrack just to okay. backtrack. My parents, even though they were in the church, they really gave us a gift of being able to listen to all kinds of music. So from the Beatles to Broadway, to Brahms, you know, to Beethoven, the hymns of the church, and Aretha Franklin, you know, Mm. just all of it. And so my mother being a classical pianist also, you know, we were exposed because we had to take piano lessons um, to a lot of the classics. So my education and my exposure to music was very wide range. And I didn't find that personally I liked one style. I just loved music itself Mm. and the way that it spoke. Um, So when we um, were getting ready to do my very, very first record, Mm. I remember um, the record executive saying to me when he's listening to it, he said, He said, now you've got this very orchestral song on here Hmm. and you've got this thin jazz song with all background vocals. says, we're going to need you to narrow that down and define who you are. And I said, but what if who I am is all of this? Yeah, good. Not just because he was making me choose and there was. You know, I couldn't choose because I was all of that. I said, what if my style is doing all the styles? Hmm. And he kind of went, huh, Mm -hmm. okay, tell me more about that. And so um, I think that really began the, I I think it also comes from knowing because of my mom and dad, and we did some traveling as a family. Mm -hmm. That knowing all of these things have to work live, that you have to keep the attention of an audience and you right. can't keep the attention of an audience in if every song sounds the same.
0: Great point.
1: So I think I was, I also had that lens that I was exposed to with my family. Mm. And so my style sort of became the doing the styles, all the styles, which was born out of that, then kind of this, you know, parable, if you will, of telling the story of learning Jesus loves me as a little girl, and then Mm. trying to fit Jesus loves me into my identity crisis yeah. Karen Carpenter and Barbara Streisand and sure. then going to college and saying you have to sing real music now. Mm. And all of those, you know, I realized that in all those moments, Jesus love was there for me.
0: It it just maybe looked different in each mm. season, but it was always there. Mm. Well, you know, you were right. Your instincts were right. I'm so happy that you pushed for that freedom um to to have your own sense of style because it worked and so all of a sudden you you are a Christian radio favorite pretty early in your career honestly I mean you 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 it was an instant like hit honestly people loved you from the get-go and it's it's fun to think about because at the time like the Christian music industry was really growing and Mm -hmm. you were central to it I mean it's when I think about that season of you and like Amy Grant and Michael W Smith, it was just i don't know if there's ever been a season like it where it was just such monumental growth in popularity and listenership um it, all of a sudden this was a thing i mean honestly yeah. i can't think I can't think of who preceded you because you were the introduction, really. You just introduced us to kind of a new way of listening to music and, and new ideas and new styles. And so, I mean, I can't I can't imagine how the must have felt for you. Like, it, I don't know that you ever dreamed of being a star on Christian radio. That was hardly a thing, much mm-hmm. less becoming a chart topper. And <laughs> um, so I'm just, I, I would love to hear you talk about that season when just, it's this, your star was just rising so quickly. Um, were you glad for the path that you chose? Like, I wonder, I'm curious if you would have ever, did you ever imagine like, so I went this Christian route. It's, but what if I would have gone Broadway? Or did, did you have any, and now of course it seems obvious. We can look backwards and go, right, right, correct, correct. Um, and yeah. I'm wondering if at the time you had more tension around the path that you had chosen.
1: Um. You know, I... I think because I grew up in the church, there was always that, I, my spirit was always bent toward a lyric that had some life-sustaining power to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my, you know, I would listen to Evie and I would listen to Andre Crouch. Oh, yeah. And and I would get their albums and I would just devour the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'd hold the little sleeve while the album was playing. I did not move from my spot until I knew every single lyric. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Um, I think, you know, I there was something that happened in my journey. I had auditioned for Disney. Um at one point, we lived in San Diego, California, so Disneyland was really close. Sure. And um, it was where you could go into the park free if you didn't want to ride any rides. Hmm. So I would go and I would start at one end of the park and listen to all the musical groups and, and go all the way to the other end. And I just did that loop about four or five times a day. <laughs> That's so great. And I wanted to be in, they had a group called the Kids of the Kingdom. So that's what I wanted to be. So I auditioned for that. Um, My singing went well, but they said I was too heavy and I didn't Mm. dance well enough. And Mm. so that was uh, um, Mm. hugely disappointing for me. Um, It did make me much more cautious Mm. about putting my feet into the Broadway world. And so you know, it's it still kind of carries a bit of heavy disappointment in me. Um, but I think as it turned out, it, I ended up leaving California after high school and coming to Indiana for college, and blah blah blah. So, but it it, it definitely um, sometimes you have your choice. Sometimes a choice is made for you. That's right. That's and right. So that that was one of those seasons that a choice was made for me. That. Mm. Um, it seemed to be okay. All right. Yep. Well, we'll yep. give this thing a go.
0: Yep. Um,
1: singing back up with bill and yep. singing a solo here and there. And okay, well, yep. then that's all that it is. So I never really thought I would have a career, hmm. like a lifelong career. I thought it would just be a couple of years, a season and huh, then go back to something else. So that, that whole career thing, is is still just mind boggles me that totally you know just mind boggles me
0: right because frankly since you've done a ton of that stuff broadway and symphonies and i mean you've had you've had your hand in so many musical genres at this point and so it may have started narrow but it absolutely Mm -hmm. funneled outward Hey everybody, Jen breaking in for just a second. I am, as you know, a huge advocate for counseling and feel like sometimes we just need a little guidance from a trusted source who can help us look at things objectively and find a way forward. So BetterHelp Counseling, it's an online resource that offers licensed professional counselors and they're specialized in issues like depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, grief. Honestly, you name it so much more. Um, You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe, private, absolutely confidential online environment. Uh, You can even schedule secure video or phone sessions or chats or texts with your therapist. And so best of all, it is truly affordable, which hinders a lot of us from good counseling. And so for you guys, the listeners of the For the Love podcast, BetterHelp is giving you 10% off your first month with the discount code for the love. So if you're needing a little help getting to that good change in your life, go to betterhelp.com slash for the love. Okay, so one more time, betterhelp.com slash for the love using the code for the love. Okay, back to our show. I want to talk about your place in Christian music because, you know, pretty quickly you were pretty, you were known as the voice of Christian music, which is pretty daunting. Frankly, that's kind of a heavy weight to carry. And, <laughs> um, and I've heard you, you know, you've said before that you struggled Um, to find your personal voice, like your real voice, your authentic, the authentic you. Um, And I completely understand this as someone who also began a career in a Christian space. I think this is very, very relatable when we feel defined so much by what we do, which then feels attached to this need or compulsion to project a certain image that goes with that thing we do that way that we're leading that thing that way we're performing um but it's pretty easy to lose our core identity in the middle of that and um that is that is i think ubiquitous to people in christian work be it music or, or writing or pastoring but so you've talked a lot about your struggle with feeling unworthy of love or a value, like deep, deep in the middle of you, like the real you. Um, I'm, I'm curious, um, if you can talk about that sort of, that sort of sense of loss and then also sort of how you found yourself again.
1: Yeah. When my very first record came out with a record company mm-hmm. that my, my name was misspelled. All right. P A. So my last name is actually spelled P A T T Y. That's my family name, my dad's name, my grandparents' name. That's our family name, P A T T Y. On right. my certificate. Um, so when the the first project came out, my name was spelled S A N D I, which uh-huh. is correct. Yeah. E A T T I. I. Yeah. And. Everybody thought it was so cute and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, if I speak <laughs> up, it's going to cause everybody to have to go back and redo everything and da, da, da. So I just kind of left it. And the first half of my career, that's why it was P-A-T-T-I. Crazy. So I already mentioned to you that I kind of had a quiet voice and um, music was so important in that. But when I was six years old, Jen, um, a woman's felt that her pleasure was more important than my innocence. Um, Sexual abuse entered my um, world and I just did not know uh, where does a six-year-old place that because hmm. that isn't even in the realm of that's right reality normal um, right. anything and so um I believed what I was told that this was your fault if you tell anybody you'll get in trouble yes you know you're the one that brought so uh, the only thing I had left really to do was just sort of put all these pieces in a in a you know that the the, the rubber made Tupperware yeah. clear boxes, but they're kind of cloudy. Yeah. So I, I I feel like I just I have a lot of less now, less of those boxes in my life. Mm. But I just put that in one of my boxes and set it up on a shelf. Yeah. In my heart. I could still see it. I mm. still knew it was there and it was true, but um I didn't know mm. how it played out in the rest of my world. So for until i was 35 never Mm. said a word to anyone and but what happens is and you know this um you 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 don't realize you're seeing the world through that lens though that's right you see the world through a lens of it's my fault whatever it is. It doesn't even matter what it is. It rained today. Well, I'm not going to comment on the rain because eventually it's going to get around to how it's my fault. I already know it's my fault. So why are we going to talk about it? Yeah. So just everything would filter through that lens of don't say anything. It's your fault. You're the ones that's going to get in trouble. And so you just carry all those rocks in your backpack and See that lens. and um, it wasn't until um, I really got into, and then and, and all the same time, my career is growing. And somehow, I don't the grace of God, um I knew what I was singing about was true. I think that helped me so much, but there was always these silent words after every sentence in my mind, God loves you. It was except for me. Right. Well, you know, God is so for you. There's mm. nothing you could do that would ever make God not love you except for you, Sandy. Mm. It was all, there was just that in my mind by the grace of God. I'm, mm and had children and I felt like that I wanted to never be seen as someone who chose, um, career over family. So I didn't know that God could call you really for a specific season of real intentionality hmm. for the time. So, so my answer to, I didn't want people to think that I chose career over family was hmm. the bigger. My career got the more kids I had. Isn't that just so? I just didn't know that God could call you Mm. for a really specific season, and that it's okay. It was just uh, just in my mind. So I began going to Bible study fellowship. Someone invited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I began to place God's word in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I began to see what it looked like to be in a small group of of women. And the first time I went to Bible study fellowship, this one gal in our group, she said, you know, our discussion leader said, so why, why'd everybody show up today? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And one lady, she just blurted out, I am here because otherwise, I will hurt my children during the week. Um, <laughs> and I, I just had never, nobody had ever been that honest that being a mom is hard. So I, I, we will say so often, Jen, in our, when we gather together with our family, we will say, In this fragile juncture, (laughs) I think it's best we just, and then whatever it is, but you are, you are part of our family.
0: Uh, That's so funny. For everybody listening, that's a line that I said in our tour (laughs) when I was talking about parenting, which is like sometimes wonderful and sometimes not. (laughs) Uh, It's
1: so hard. Nobody, I've never been around anybody who said, you know what? I come here to be with my friends and study God's word because parenting is hard. That's basically That's right. what she was saying. And I've just like, wow, I've never heard anybody be that honest. No, yeah. Never. Um, and so I began to allow myself to listen in deeper, to lean in a little closer. And I began to put some of God's word in my heart that, um come to me when you're weary. And then God brought people into my life that I could speak the truth of my childhood and yeah. uh, help me go this counselor and you know to really begin a true healing. Hmm. I um I so
0: appreciate I so appreciate how you are candid about the painful parts of your story and that draws me to you. I I know so now it's a there's more of a, um, a a normative culture for women, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. girl at your um, Bible study group, uh, that that now is something that we are we have way more permission to do, but it you were a bit more of a pioneer on it to be frank i mean it, yeah. there were different a different set of expectations at that time i think mm-hmm. for women and some of that vulnerability was not rewarded and and so it draws me to you that you managed the courage for that sort of transparency before that was applauded cuz now we kind of get applauded for that we do right. we there's mm-hmm. a there's a brand that really appreciates um Honesty, but um, so I, one thing that you've always been honest about, and it has brought untold healing to I can't even imagine how many women and how many families, um, is when you have spoken, frankly, about just such a, a hard time in your career that that centered around the, your divorce from your first mm-hmm. husband and then the ensuing fallout mm-hmm. that occurred in the Christian community, especially mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. Um, and your fans. And I just wonder if for a minute you can talk yeah. about that time for us because I, I, a lot of my listeners, and frankly, Sandy, I, me, we kind of have a complicated relationship with the church Uh (laughs) or just with the Christian crew. You know what I mean? The Christian world. Uh Um, and, and, and some of that is why that sort of you're in, you're out. We love you. We don't love you anymore. Um, you're a part of us. You're separate from us. Um, so I wonder if you could just talk about that season. Um, and then how honestly, miraculously you, you found your way back like to loving the church, even after it felt like you were abandoned by people who once adored you. I would love to talk about that. Um, one
1: of the most beautiful things that I get to do in my in this season of my life at 62 is I am on staff now at our church. I know. As artist in residence. Yeah. And my one of my roles, it's, it's sort of a self-appointed role, but it's speaking to the generation coming behind me yeah. and talking about just practical things first, like things that nobody ever told me. Mm. Don't have a meeting in your office with your door closed mm. with another person. Yeah. First of all, if there is a conflict, There is no third party present to say this or this. Something, but what also happens is there's an intimacy that builds when Mm. you share deeply with another person, particularly of the opposite sex, but not necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Um, And so, wisdom in working with. Other people that are not your inner circle and those people you share life with on an intimate daily basis. Mm-hmm. There's a protocol, and I wish I had known things like that. As I began to find my voice, I began to speak up in my marriage, and um, that was hard. We worked. Yeah. We worked together. And so one of the first things that happened was I began to speak up and say, for the sake of our marriage, to even have a chance, we need to not work together anymore. Right. I understand the dynamic of what that does to a man when that's their job, but I just knew I could not survive uh, if we had a chance of surviving, which we we did not survive. Um, and I, I began to, um, just speak up, um, that just became really hard. Um, so in the midst of separating and going through divorce and listen I know. I know. God's word says He hates divorce, and I'm going to tell you what: anybody who's been through divorce hates divorce. Of Nobody course. likes divorce. It sucks. Yeah, right. It's terrible. Yeah. Does that mean that God isn't with us? I believe He's with us always. Of but course. But I believe the fact that He hates it because mm. anybody who's been in it hates it.
0: Mm. So, it's a great
1: point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 just not. Uh, Sometimes it's an unfortunate necessary. Yeah, that's right. Um, So um, as our marriage was ending, not legally, but as it Mm -hmm. was ending, um, there was someone on the road who was hearing me and seeing me and Mm -hmm. um, championing me was also a fabulous father Mm -hmm. and, You know, our kids liked each other and I was just drawn to him. Right. And so there was just was such cloudiness in not closing one chapter before another chapter Mm. began. And um, that is absolutely the other piece of advice that I say to someone. Just do yourself a favor and close Mm. one chapter. It's good. Before you open another chapter, it mm-hmm. just makes it cleaner and clearer for everybody, That's especially good. you. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I had gone to my church, and I had gone to the pastor and said, "Okay." I need to be honest. I need to be, you know, yeah, there's, there's some, some things I need to get right and own. Yeah. So, um, Donna and I talked to our pastor. We, we acknowledged that infidelity happened, you know, outside of the bounds of marriage. And we went before our, um, a small group Mm -hmm. and then we, at our choosing, went before the church board Mm. and then because a magazine was going to write something um we felt like well you know what this it's always better for the truth to come from your own self of course anyway our pastor was amazing and he spoke Mm. about the five steps of biblical restoration Many steps Don and I had already gone through Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing this article was coming out, um, Don and Sandy wanted their church family to know what was happening and, you know, so that all felt really, you know, that all felt very right and appropriate Mm -hmm. for the set of circumstances. So I don't have this, this anger towards the church I feel that it is my responsibility to educate. That's good. And so I want to be a voice within the church. And that's where I'm at. And I
0: love being able to be that. I love that. And you are that. And you have just by virtue of your absolute transparency. And so for everybody listening, Sandy talks about this on stages and arenas too. This is not, Mm-mm. you've, you've been very, very authentic in your, um, in the way that you've told the story of your life. And when you sort of came back, uh, I mean, really and truly, I, I think that for my money is <laughs> when your influence, um, your impact, on the church at large, on the, on the community of God, really, really took off. I mean, mm. um, it's been interesting to watch. I've, I've had the great privilege of watching people circle around you now, like at this stage mm-hmm. in your life, mm. which is still very public. You still have very you're, – you're very visible – And talk to you, I watched them talk to you about how many ways their story mirrors yours or how Mm -hmm. they went through something that you've talked frankly about, Mm -hmm. Uh, what they've learned in the same sort of scenario, how they were uh, ministered to by watching you. And Mm -hmm. so I, I wonder if that has just been a sort of hidden beauty. Yes. And just this wobbly life that we all live, we wobble and we, we it just goes every which direction, but now yeah. there's such a depth to your to your ministry born out of all that and so i i I wonder if when you sort of came back around and said to yourself. Well, I've got my voice now, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say the truth. I'm gonna talk truthfully. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you sort of braced yourself for another round of rejection, and I wonder yep. if you were surprised at how, mi- how much that actually drew people to you. The same people who were also hiding their scars or struggles oh. or trying to live up to some weird sort of expectations, and you helped set them free. Was that surprising to discover this whole new? this whole new world of of ministry mm-hmm.
1: honestly yes it was very surprising because i can remember the airport i can remember the airport floor i can remember the um uh, the landline payphone that i was on sitting on that airport floor in cleveland ohio mm-hmm. talking to my pastor saying listen it's time for me to be honest. And I don't care if I ever sing again. I don't care if I ever have a concert or invited to a church. I want to be right and clean before the Lord. Wow, gosh. So the fact that God began to open doors again just began to astound me. And then the fact uh. of, of being able to share some really hard truth. And having people say to me, no one's ever talked about this, this happened to me, or this was my story, or this, or this, or this, has mm. been, I, I I feel like 25, 30 years ago, I had a lot of people listening to what I had to say, mm. but I didn't feel like I had a lot to say. Wow. I wow. think there are maybe less people listening to what I have to say now. But I feel like for the first time in my my life, I have something to say. Amazing. And so whenever I have an opportunity, I want to be able to say it. I had a, a letter from someone who was going through a divorce and kind of was explaining some of the situation with her family. And you know what? There's always two sides to everything. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I've said However, the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. This,
1: this was what she, she said to me, I read your book and it was my day to testify
0: mm, and I wow. read
1: your book. And I held it the entire time that I was testifying to. The- <sighs> wow. I'm like, okay, if it was for wow. that person that I wrote it, Wow. Just for them to be brave in that moment to speak their truth, then yay.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I'll never forget that. That is amazing. That is honestly just priceless. Uh that's the sort of stuff I'm talking about. I I think I know what I'm looking for in my leaders and in my mentors, what I think my generation is looking for is that um that sense of authenticity, which for me equals trustworthiness. I yeah. just, when you, when you lead like that, I, I, I am not going to hide myself from you. I, right. that, that tells me I can come talk to you for real. Uh, when, when my life is going sideways, when my marriage is going sideways, when Mm -hmm. I've got a kid who is struggling or the, you know, the trains leaving the tracks, I know that I can trust you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you have since done for like a whole generation of women, um, is shown yourself to be, um, such a reliable, faithful, trustworthy leader. And that's exactly how we all see you and think of you. Hey guys, this is Jen. I wanted to share something with you that could potentially change the way you look at meal planning. So if you're like me, trying to stick to healthier eating with my job and traveling and wrangling up food all the time for five kids whose tastes range from uh, hot dogs, that's my husband, um, to straight up vegan is a challenge. So I got my first Green Chef box sent straight to my door recently. And look, guys, I am a believer. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company. It matters to me. And their meal plans include paleo, which I chose and loved, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, LOL, and carnivore. So recipes are super quick and easy. Chef tips and photos, which I actually love, to guide you along. So everything's hand-picked and delivered right to your door. And so this is how easy it is. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So you can try Green Chef today and get $50 off your first box by going to greenchef.us for the love, greenchef.us slash for the love for $50 off your first box. Okay. Now back to our show. I wonder, let me ask you this. I'm I'm Hmm. curious. Um, about I'd love your take on Chris, the Christian music industry right now. I mean, you have seen it through I mean monumental shifts from the sort of beginning of your career to where it is now. There's just there's just no way to even talk about how many turns and twists the industry has taken. I wonder though, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you think if if you think Christian music can can continue to find its staying power in our like culture right now? What, what do you, what would just, if you're guessing, if you're thinking this is what I think we should be seeing out of the industry and out of the artists um, in order to make a continued impact, What what what's your, what's your opinion?
1: Yeah. You know, there's, there's always been, you know, Christian music, um, you know, but I, but I think that one of the things that I, love seeing is in, in this culture and generation. Now there is such a wide variety because if you think about it, music, just music in and of itself is a personal taste. True. Just music, right? What makes Christian music, what it is, is not the musical style, but the lyric content. So, it's the only type of music, if you say Christian music, that does not define the style. If you Mm. say jazz, if you say blues, if you say Southern gospel, um, if you say classical, you're talking like, you know, you're talking musical style. Christian music is really the only one that is not talking musical style. Under this umbrella of Christian music, is you have all of these styles because if music is personal taste, then you are going to have lots of various people who Mm. are drawn to different styles of music. When you have that kind of music with a lyric content that is life challenging, life changing, Mm. life altering, um, you really do have an amazing ability to impact the culture. Hmm. So for that, there, that's one thing that I love about Christian music is that it is widely varied in musical style because you have you're, you're you have people, people like different things. That's good. So there are people who will come to my concert that won't go see Lauren Daigle, but there hmm. are people who will go see Lauren Daigle that won't come to mine great point. So we need each other. The Mm -hmm. second thing that I really, um, love is technically and just the craft in itself of music is incredible. We should offer no less than skilled and trained and professional music. I love that. Um, so I love that that's happening. Now I may, my third point may, seem a little different than, than some people, but I kind of believe until the, it's the lyric that will always be the stumbling block for other people, because not everybody's ready to do the deep and deep and dive work. And I think Christian music should always reflect a journey towards Christ. Um, so I think because of that, it may not always just open itself to worldwide because not everybody's ready to hear that in their life. So that's my take on Christian music. Um, I think there are some incredible doors that are being opened for some Christian artists, and I'm so proud of how they are walking through them with tremendous grace and um you know those are the ones I just continue to text every once in a while and just go you're doing this you're doing it
0: <laughs> do it proud and loud do it oh that's so great that that cheer that you cheering them on um is so invaluable I I know I know that you do that you've done that for me and so <laughs> I just uh, I know that that's so um important and special to those artists. One last question before we sort of get to the wrap up. Um, Let's just say I've got somebody listening today and they're hopeful musician. They're a hopeful artist. And um, this is their gift. This is the song in their heart and in their mouth. And this is their dream. Um, I just, do you have any advice that you might give them as they begin to pursue their own voice
1: um, Mm -hmm.
0: toward music? toward a yeah. career even, toward making an impact with what God has given them?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think the first thing that I would say to anyone who feels that music is is, a, is somewhere that God is, is directing them, mm-hmm. learn music. Good. Um, yep. take, yeah, take piano lessons. Yep. Jen, how many— how many
0: writer conferences yeah. did you attend? It's so true. I, this is literally what I say tell aspiring writers. I'm like, yeah. work on your craft. Yeah. Um, learn. Go learn. Yes. Yeah. Work on your craft. Take piano lessons.
1: Understand music theory. Yeah. Um, get a good education of music. Um. The people who understand music and how it relates to within itself and how it relates to the world are few and far between. So if you can be that person to understand your, you know, understand your gift and then hone your craft, that's the, that's the boring part. Nobody wants yeah, to do that.
0: Great. Great that's point.
1: The boring part. Yep.
0: There's but no glory you, in it.
1: If you really, really want to do that, you you must do those things, mm-hmm. um, be involved in music, be involved in school, be involved in church choir, be involved, volunteer, um, just saturate your world with music, mm-hmm. um, is another Sh- show up and be faithful where God has you today. Okay. Okay. So often we want to go, well, I want to do this. Well, have you done this? No, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. Um, So show up where God has you today Mm. and honor him today. If there is a um, a music camp, if there is, um, I know gospel music often offers a lot of really a great week of, um, music education and sure. answers to questions and stuff like that, you know, go to those kinds of things. There are all those kinds of things available. Um, you know what I tell people hmm. try the song out at church.
0: Yeah. That's where I tried out, um, I all of my it. it's teaching. kind of sad
1: how many times they'll say, Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did try it out and they didn't like it. I just don't think they get it. It's like, "Mm, maybe that's a clue. Um, and I think the other, the last Uh, thing is be prepared for God to take you a different direction.
0: I love that advice. Mm. It's true. You don't necessarily know when you put your yes on the table, which path it's going to take. You really don't. And, and, Um, I think not trying to um, micromanage the outcomes to to control the outcomes, but rather just say, I'll just be real faithful with what I have, where I'm at today. That's it. That is the best. That's the best advice for anybody, frankly, be it music, whatever.
1: Right. I, Uh there's a phrase, I'm sure you've heard it, but opportunity intersects with preparation.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: And you know, you just, just spend your days preparing, good you don't know when that opportunity is gonna come
0: okay so here are three just pretty quick questions what we're asking everybody in the music series and so this is just whoever comes to mind like what's like right there at the ready so here's the first one when you need the pick me up um what artist do you listen to who would you who would you put on the stereo yeah natalie grant Mm.
1: or anything instrumental
0: oh yeah 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 me too
1: So there's so many words involved in what we do. Sometimes I just want no
0: words. Same. (laughs) <laughs> uh, listen, not only are there so many words involved in what we do, there's so many words involved in our families. So just, can we have some silence or maybe just some oh violin? Okay. How about this one? And <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've been, I, I'm i curious about this. So I don't know what you're going to say. Do you have um, a musical bucket item still on your list? Oh, cool. Anything, a venue, um, somebody that you partnered with or sang with or for anything at all?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, I do
0: you do what
1: is it uh, there's two of them okay doing hello dolly on broadway
0: <gasps> are you serious i just got goosebumps i am so
1: i would or or it doesn't even have to be broadway like anywhere i would love to do hello dolly oh my gosh yes it just I feels like it. you're
0: made for it
1: I'm the age now. I'm I love meddling in people's lives. All of that. Um love it. and okay, are you ready for this one? Yeah, I'm ready. Dancing with the stars.
0: Get out of here, Sandy. <gasps> no, it's
1: the it's the little church girl in me that never got to dance that's totally. screaming really loud right now.
0: Dancing with the stars. Oh my gosh, this, I just feel like we just are in now possession of some really important knowledge. This is exciting. I could see you do that. You're very theatrical and a lot of the work you do involves choreography and dancing. This is in your wheelhouse.
1: Oh, I just, you know, those are the, those are the, those would be so fun if I got to do that bucket list. Not my life would not be complete if I never got to do those. It's not in that bucket list. It's just in the, wouldn't that be a kick in the head?
0: All right, universe, you've heard us. You, you <laughs> grant us our requests. This is what we want. Here's the last one. We ask every guest in every series this question, and um, it's actually from a author that I love, Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, anyway, this can be a very serious answer, or it can be absolutely nonsense silly. So it's whatever you want. Okay. But here's the question. What is saving your life right now?
1: Oh, binging Netflix. <gasps> Oh, tell us what you're watching. Well, so The Crown, which you can't yeah. get
0: enough of. No, not cannot get enough of. I've seen can't every episode.
1: Get enough, and then Victoria.
0: Which my is, mom's watching that. Do you um, love it?
1: I love it so. We just have so much happening in our family right now that yeah. it's it's just so much <laughs> that my go to to recover from that yes. I have to go to the completely opposite extreme. Yes. So watching someone else's turmoil in life (laughs) (laughs) is like the best thing. So, uh, so yeah, just anything that I, that has more than two episodes. Okay. Um, I am uh, on Netflix right now.
0: Okay. I love this. Thank you for saying that. That is also my go-to. That's my (laughs) go-to like brain needs to be brain needs to check into somebody else's Fake story for a minute, so right, yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Let you have to figure it
0: out. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you just tell me, listeners, real quick, like um, what you're working on right now, and where they can find you.
1: Where they can find me is um, online, probably mostly, and in the pages of a book. And I know that I don't mean that to sound, mm. you know, commercially, but honestly. Uh, when an introvert, which I am, puts something down in paper, it's been really thought through and it's gone through all the tests in my head and the sieve. And those words really, really, really matter to my heart. Um, So that is a great place to find
0: me. And Um, it is really a beautiful book, Sandy. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. I read it cover to cover. And Uh, I, I, I want everybody to know we will have, it's called the voice. We are going to, we'll link it everywhere. Um, but it will, it'll serve you well. You'll be glad that you sat down and read this book. And I applaud you because I know how much work that is. Yeah, I know you do. It's so much work.
1: And at the end of every chapter, intentionally, we put discussion questions and whether that's for your journal or whether that's, If you're reading it with a group of people or whatever, just things, I just don't want something to just stay there as my story. Mm -hmm. I want something to spark something in someone else to begin to maybe look and shift their focus differently or go, you know, I never thought about it that way and begin to sort of uncover pieces of nuggets, like
0: treasures Mm -hmm. of their story. Well, that's exactly what people will experience. And so once again, we just thank you for giving your story to us to borrow and to learn from and um, to add our own to it and and just sort of find a, a good and a clean and a healthy path mm-hmm. forward. So you are just... Um, You know, I just sincerely love you. And I want to thank you for how kind and good you've been to me for Mm -hmm. the last few years. I mean, every second, the Uh hardest days in the last few years, the darkest Mm -hmm. and the most lonely, I would Mm -hmm. have a text from you. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have a call from you. I'd have a voicemail from you. Um, And that, I will never forget that. I will never, ever, ever forget that you stuck close to me. So thank you for being exactly who you say you are.
1: And I wanna tell you this that um we are we love watching you when I say we are family because we see a lot of us in yep. your family. Yep. Just the the bigness and the yes. you know diversity and and uh-huh. all of that. And my kids are like some of your your kids' fiercest warriors. It's so dear. I'm um, they just like, you know, we gotta look out for those hat maker kids, you know? <laughs> it's so dear. So, They like have this ownership of, you know, (laughs) we don't want them to have to go through this or that. We're going to look out for them. And it's just, it's the sweetest. We love tap makers. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Same. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm just, I'm your biggest (laughs) fan. I'm so happy we're friends. Love you so much. I Love you too, girl. Bye. She's the best. Just the best. We love her. I love her. Everything. We will have linked over at JenHatMaker.com under the podcast tab. So we'll have all of Sandy's stuff. And it's a bunch. But especially her book, The Voice. Um, that is her most recent offering, the most transparent. Um, just a really, really, really beautiful gift to the world. We'll have her book over there, plus her music. We'll dig up some old um, videos of some of the stuff we talked about. because. If you've never just seen Sandy perform, I just, I don't know how to talk about it except for you just have to see it. So, um, you have to see how powerful and special she is and why so many of us have loved her for decades. So anyway, um, so thank you to Sandy for being on the show today and thank you guys for listening. Um, this music series is going to, you're going to love it. I'm saying, and we're kind of all over the place. So we're not just going into a niche music space. We are, we've are we got artists from a lot of different genres. And it's just, I'm sitting here grinning, thinking about the episodes we have coming up in this series. You're going to love it. Um, so thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't, go do it. This will just show up in your phone week after week. You don't even have to try for it. Um, and if you love it, share it. Um, share it with your friends. Stick it on your on your pages, um, link to it. And I can tell you that me and Amanda and my producer, Laura, are so grateful for your amazing loyalty and your listenership week after week. You guys are the best. Um, okay. More to come in the music series. Can't wait for it. See you next week, you guys. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.